I am doing really well, you know, just dealing with the usual audio issues. But aside from that, I am delighted to be here chatting with you. That is true. That's exactly what I say. And when it's a stream, we've got to have something going wrong there, too. Yes, uh, delightful anecdote for everyone listening is that uh, Alan and I are acquaintances of a sort to uh, which I could convince my boss, who's much better friends with Alan, that I had not met him in person. <laughs> so he went over to introduce me and I had definitely met you, Alan. <laughs> Yep, and I followed it up with, oh gosh, it's very important that I meet Alan, therefore you must take me over there. <laughs> uh, it, it, yeah, no, it was, it was, but um, but yeah, no, so we've been internet acquaintances, we've known each other uh, passing ships at conventions, but uh excited to get a chance to talk further, to actually sit down and talk. All right. Uh, how did I get into the game industry? Uh, accidentally, which is the best way, of course, to get into it. Um, I, <laughs> I know, right? I uh, have always liked games, grew up uh, loving board games, reading any book I can get my hands on. Um, matter of fact, all, all of the books, pretty much. Um, and then got out of Podunk, Little Nowhere, Tennessee, off to college, and finally found people to play games with. Um, but then I wanted to play more games. Uh, so eventually um, got to where I was organizing um, games at stores and then organizing events at stores and then officially became part of the D&D um, &D 5th edition organized play program as a coordinator and then a regional coordinator. And then someone asked me if I could write because those skills are obviously related, uh, organizing and writing. And I assured them that I had indeed written words before in my life. So um, I, I tried my hand out at it and uh, they didn't hate it. So I did it a couple more times. Um, and then I started talking to people on YouTube and Twitch, mostly Twitch, um, about their writing. Um, then I realized that I could find so many problems wrong with other people's writing that I should also be editing, which was a skill that I had also been using. Um, and still organizing conventions along then. And then I um, had freelanced for Steamforge Games, was working with them at GaryCon um, when I suggested that they hire me full time. And lo and behold, uh, Richard did not think it was the worst idea. So uh, that was how I got into actually working 
full time in the gaming industry. And I think that's actually the shortest version of that story I've ever given. Yeah, no, ab absolutely. Like, uh, I, I like editing because I can't help but notice the problems with text that is written. As a matter of fact, text just out there in the world, I will frequently go up to signs and jab at them and be like, we do not pluralize with an apostrophe, um, which makes my spouse laugh. It is also also true to anyone listening. No pluralizing with apostrophes, please. Oh God, yes, yes, absolutely. It's kind of weird, right? Because I've gone through, like, in my, um, I guess, professional job, um, I'm a really detail-oriented type job person, so spreadsheets are my jam. Um, I, I have so many, and they are color-coded, and I have spreadsheets for my spreadsheets, and, like, I love stuff like that, and I've always been, like, into the details. So, like, uh, I'm great at the technical writing bit of it, and... Um, other people tell me that my creative bits are great and wonderful and everything, but I think they're hot garbage, personally, because, you know, I am definitely my own um, biggest critic. Uh, but, yeah, it is true, though. Most writers, um, wonderfully creative people, especially inside their brain, um, things get lost in translation, getting it out to paper, and more so when they've been told that they need to put it into a specific format. Like, why the limitations, bro? I, I I have feelings about that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay okay yeah so I, I mean i think you're getting into like you know the the variations between types of style guides there's one that are very like high level like um going around like branding and whatnot things like um how we format, uh, you know, chapter references back and things like that, which could universally be things versus like how we shape our prose, which I don't really like to put that into a style guide either. Um, I've seen that in some style guides, 
um, like we've all read uh, books for what says it's the greatest role playing game ever. I'm sure. And there's a specific style of prose and how they write. And like, yeah, it's hard to put your words into that. And many people have publicly pushed back against how their words have been changed. So, I mean, there are feelings on style guides. I like templates more than style guides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Um, every single one of my templates, the very first bit of it is a page or two explaining explicitly how to use the template, including you must open this in Microsoft Word. If you do not own Microsoft Word, please contact me first before you get too far into this. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't like to assume that anybody knows anything. And I think, I think that's very helpful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he knows, yeah, he knows a lot of things, but not everything. Not everything. Like, um... He, he believed that he knows that people know large, complex words, and I have to frequently remind him that that is not factually true. No, no, no. We, for, for, for everyone else not listening, we love Richard. It's it's very it's very formulaic. Yeah, very formulaic. Like there's 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 like rules. Very mathematical. Yeah, I mean yes and no, right? Because of things like the algorithm and understanding like statistics and you know demographics and things like that, there is some science to it, but also there's the art, the creative art of like knowing or feeling like you know anyways uh the, the graphics that are going to be eye-catching to the market that you're trying to do and and knowing like when to take advantage of uh you know upswells and interest for things that are related and things like that like marketing is mar marketing is several podcasts like whole series se seasons whatever you want to call them <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's time consuming is the biggest thing. People are like, you just, uh, well, I, I used to say you just tweet about things, but you just, whatever platform you're on, their, their, their version of it about things now. And then repeat, repeat, repeat that 40 times across every platform that exists now.
Yeah. It was amazing. I loved I have I guess a little bit of optimistic hope um with so many of the new platforms um trying to make themselves into platforms that can join the federated network, the Fediverse, uh, which is a long-winded explanation that will not be provided during this podcast. You can look it up, I guess, if you don't know what that is. Uh, so, like, I have, I'm hopeful then, you know, because they're all trying to adhere to that standard that we'll be able to get a solution like that to where you can have basically, like, tweet deck, but, you know, your... Uh, your your mastodon, your blue sky, your threads, your whatever. Yeah, that that's 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 the dream right there. It's the dream. Correct. I am the lead editor. Uh, primarily RPGs. Uh, we have enough work there to keep me fully occupied. Um, I have um, edited a couple of other things, uh, some copy for the website, uh, some stuff for uh, Bardsung expansion, um, and things of that nature. But uh, primarily, you're going to see my work in um, our RPG books. So uh, Dark Souls, Animal Adventures, Epic Encounters... Uh, local legends, other things to be announced. It kind of varies depending on the project and how many people we have involved in it. So if it's an internal project completely, um, then it's generally Richard, myself, and our assigned uh, graphics person um, working on it, maybe with input from the license holder, because um, as you talked with Richard about on his segment, um, we work with a lot of um, licensed IPs. So um, the text gets drafted, outlined up, whatever. Um, and by the time it gets first draft, uh, it comes to me and I'll do a um, kind of hybrid of a developmental and copy editing pass, a little bit of both, um, leaning more toward a copy edit at that point. Um, then it'll go back to Richard for any amends and over to layout. And then once it's laid out, uh, back to me simultaneously off to the licensee or licensor I guess licensor with the licensee um and then uh we'll get the proofs in and then off it goes and then any revisions as necessary later just come back to me and then back to graphic and then back for any approvals
We do a lot of work um, kind of parallel. Right, yeah. And that's that's generally more what I do um, when I'm doing like contract work for a small indie company. Like I've done a lot of work for Nerdburger Games and they do more small uh, zine sized and slightly larger uh, games. And Craig will send me the entire, I, I adore Craig as well. He'll send me the entire manuscript. I edit it, send it back. Um, then if he has any additional revisions that he wants me to make, I'll do them. But generally at that point, we're we're done. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, I've been in that situation <laughs> where I, I was the I was the proofreader, and then the edits that came to me, and I'm like, were they done? <laughs> Did somebody do a copy edit on this? No. Okay. <laughs> Oops. And this is why a proper communication about expectations and working style is important. Yeah. Yeah, we um um I'm trying to get Richard to stop using Google Docs and some of my other clients as well um but i will say though like for everything i hate about it it is great as a collaborative tool because it's a lot easier there to see uh that the person has used track changes or suggestions or whatever you know methodology they're using um and that kind of streamlines things now <laughs> i will say back to the the writers uh designers and the other editors out there one thing about google docs is no one wants to see the other person in there while they're doing their work don't, 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 don't be reading my editing while I'm doing it because something that I've done, I might go back two chapters later and be like, oh, I see now. <laughs> everything suddenly makes sense. Let me delete everything I did at the beginning. Um, yes. Yes, please do. Um, you don't want someone standing over your shoulder while you're editing, do you? It's the same thing. And it's it's great too because if I do wanna if you do wanna collaborate, you just drop it in OneDrive and then you can open the same doc at the same time.
<laughs> tables are the bane of Google Drive and Google Docs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, if you can. If you can get. If you can get a template together that has a, a word style for every table and you can sync that up to your InDesign or Affinity or whatever to where that style always auto formats the table, then you're great. Otherwise, it sucks. Uh, well, one, yes, you do need to hire an editor. People think that they don't. They can get away with it. Yes. Um, or barter for an editor. You know, because um, I know we don't all have money, but bartering skills uh, in kind is definitely uh, a thing, um, assuming that the other person is amenable to that. Uh, two, um, please put down the commas. If you read it back and you pause where you put a comma and you sound like Christopher Walken, you have overdone it. Um, and, um, gosh, everything I have is related to punctuation, right? Because the last is going to be embrace the M dash, <laughs> please. <laughs> there are other types of separators besides commas. M dashes are great, um, especially for visually breaking up the text when you have an aside thought. Um, I have ADHD, so all of my thoughts come with bonus content. So when I'm just like writing things, I get commas and parentheses and M dashes and everything in there because there's like nested thoughts. Um, and that looks like garbage if you're actually going to put that into professional writing. Uh, so I don't. <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 that's fine. Some people, they, they need to put them in there, and um, I'm just resigned to the fact that they're going to put them there, and I already know they're going to be there, so I can know where to take them out at. They're, com they're comfort commas. No, the Oxford comma stays. The Oxford comma, serial comma, whatever we want to call it, comma, stays. Uh, yeah. It does. Mm -hmm. A lot of uh, technical writing in the uh, gaming industry is Chicago style, which um, uses as many characters as it possibly can at many points, it feels like. If there's a longer way to say it, we probably do it that way. So everyone can't see it because there's no video, but I have my Chicago-style manual that I keep on the shelf behind me, and this book is larger than uh, my head, which is approximately uh, 
cantaloupe sized, I guess. <laughs> this is also excellent for home defense. Yeah, it is not, however, a large boulder the size of a small boulder. Yeah, I, I, and you know, I, I'd like to think I have a complicated answer there, but I don't really. Um, I enjoy editing because it helps the people that I know and love look better. And it helps them succeed. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, uh, they are definitely completely different job functions. Um, developmental editing is, like you said, it's, it's closer to being a designer uh, than anything. You're coming in and you're telling people like, all right, uh, you're having this guy do this thing. And can you explain to me like in your mind, like how does that work? Because what you've written down uh, makes no sense. So if you can't explain it to me, we're just going to, we're going to put something else here. <laughs> um, and then rearranging it all to make it slow and all of that. And then copy edit, proof editing. That is that detail-oriented um, grammar, police, uh, all, all, all of that. Um, so, like, they're basically two different people, although they are frequently the same person. <laughs> I love both. My problem when I'm doing like solely dev editing and I know that I don't have to touch it again later and that it's going to be someone's problem is that during the dev editing process, I come up with so many more things that we could put in here. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'll just add in like, you know, flourishes for like how things work and oh, we want to extend this scene to make it, you know, more, have more oomph and whatever. And just like with that, you're sticking text into existing text. And it's like, does this text really flow with everything else around it? Ah, uh, that looks like someone else's problem. <laughs> Somebody else is going to blend in the edges of this contour. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I mean, generally, though, um, as I end up doing both tasks, um, I try not to do that. <laughs> that's just that's just creating work for future me. Um, but yeah, yeah, I got to look out for future me.
Yeah, uh, and if you kick the can, uh, you just find it later. And somehow it grows. Ah, uh, that's not true. After you publish, there are hundreds of people who will immediately identify the can. <laughs> that is the, uh, I guess, the, uh, the last pass of editing is as soon as you publish it, uh, the players will immediately tell you everything you've done wrong. Or the GMs. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So moms, momsters is going to be all of those annoying moms from the daycare, the stereotypes. Yeah. Uh, I've got some books on my shelf that uh, had that problem. And that, and that's why uh, there's a growing trend to uh, get your thing all ready, especially if you've kickstarted it, get the digital format together. Immediately send it to your backers before you send it to print. And then your backers will let you know very quickly if you need to make any final changes before it goes to print. Um, and then when they do, please credit them as playtester. Please, please credit them. <laughs> Um, so generally, backer feedback would come in. We'll have a running Google Doc with amends like page 194, uh, check the math on the bash attack. Um, you know, they said it doesn't make sense with the strings that's here or whatever. Uh, so we'll just kind of go through them like one by one and be like, okay, yeah, this is valid or no, this person's full of it. Um, <laughs> that, this is just like their opinion, man. Um, and so, you know, honestly, just go through it just as I would, you know, um, if anyone else on the team had given me a list of amends who's not in an editorial role, go through and uh, assess the usefulness or validity of any claim. And then um, once we're all done with that list, uh, which we give ourselves a specific time frame on any amends that come from that, because we still have to get to print after all, uh, then we'll push it out as a revised digital and push to print. Oh, yeah. I mean, if something's going to come back from backers and they're finding more than like trivial things, um, then I'm probably going to take another hard look at the entire thing. Uh, but if the backers are like, well, 
this needs to be capitalized here and why is this monster name not bolded and you know like minor formatting stuff like if that's all they're finding then you know there's no need to really delay like you can kind of judge like the level of effort that needs to go in Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I guess for as much like fictionalized fantasy as I um, novel novelized novels uh, as I read, I've never edited those, and that would probably be fun because that's kind of similar to like where I got my start. Like, um, you know, most people my age uh, reading, or if we were too helpful, beta reading. Uh, fan fiction <laughs> so uh, that was that was always fun the collaboration with the author developing the vision um so like doing i guess not that fan fiction isn't real writing but like something for an actual publishing company that would be um that would be really fun i think um i'm writing short fiction now which um i know and and it is a it is a refreshing uh, or or was writing uh, i should say a refreshing change of pace. That is so exciting. Congratulations to whoever that was. All right, and it's award-winning, everyone, so I imagine there's a link below for you to pick that up. <laughs> Full circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, as a cre creator, there are, I guess, multiple ways or levels of participating with any given show. Um, for me, um, while yeah, I'm doing it professionally at some of the shows, attending with Steamforge, um, for many of them, uh, I'm 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 there on my own. I'm there doing something else related to gaming. I'm there as like my personal brand. <laughs> Uh, there was a long suffering side there because God, I hate this. That's a thing. But, um, and even if you don't physically attend an event, you know, kind of getting back into that marketing thing, um, participating in it, uh, digitally or even just sharing about the event, something that you're excited and sad that you can't go to see helps people keep you and your content and your, you know, whatever, kind of forefront of their mind, even if you're just like, oh man, check out these things that were at Origins this year. And if you want other content kind of like that, you know, here's my website link in my bio as always. And, but you know, 
you do have to put work into that, obviously, because you can't know what was at Origins that was similar to yours without doing some research. Um, and then attending, you've got boothing, you've got walking the floor, you've got milling about in the lobby, doing meetings. Like, there's so many different ways to contribute and to get um, involved. And that's not even mentioning working. Like, actually, like, working. <laughs> I mean, talk to people. Um, I do enjoy that. Um, so it depends on the con. I, it honestly depends on the con. Uh, so like uh, Gen Con is like a massive spectacle. Um, I like to see a bunch of people. I like to walk the entire show floor and check out like what's new, what's eye-catching, um, who's new at Wits Booths. That's always fun, too, being like, last year you were over there. <laughs> I remembered. Um, which always impresses people. They're like, how did you know that? And I'm like, I'm literally picturing you in my mind's eye wearing that shirt instead of the one you're wearing now. That's it. That's all it is. <laughs> um, and, you know, at other shows like um, GaryCon, you know, much smaller show there, I really enjoy running games um, because people are there to play games. Like, it's a gaming uh, event. It's not a gaming consumer show. Um, where the people are there to buy. Yes, there's a vendor hall, and that's fun, too, to check it out and say hi to everyone. Hey, hi. What you doing? What you got? Yeah. Yeah, and then there are other shows where, like, uh, the socializing is the big thing for me. I enjoy running games for kids at GameholeCon, um, but, uh, being able to have so many, like, sit down, just, like, blocks of time with my various friends in the industry who, at Gen Con, we can't do that, we don't have the luxury, um, is kind of the big draw for that one at this point. That, and it's always around Halloween, uh, so I can wear whatever I want, because <laughs> I love cosplay, too, I do that. And then, you know, MomoCon big one for me. I'm the RPG director there. So what I love doing there is finding a nice quiet time to sit down. <laughs> I don't get to do that, but I love it. Um, uh, MomoCon is um, in Atlanta. It's the sister convention to DragonCon, which many nerds have heard of, and I go to DragonCon every year as well. Um, it started out as an anime convention. It's now very much a uh, multimedia convention. Uh, video games, uh, still lots of anime stuff, so lots of voice actors and whatnot there, and attendance to huge cosplay convention, and then tabletop is like a full third of the convention as well. Um, so I spend um, my show um, that, you know, th th this is my circus, these are my cats, I do need to herd them. Uh, so managing 50 to 100 people making sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're showing up to run their games on time. Any questions they have are getting answered, helping guests, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's a really fun show. Uh, it's still growing. It's like 50,000 attendees now. Um, but, you know, if you are looking for a Memorial Day convention, um, it is definitely one that is more budget-friendly and still has a ton to do, especially if you've got... Um, Younger wins. It is a very young convention. Very young.
very. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is traveling around. Um, that is actually one of the good things, though. It is in Atlanta, so um, flying into uh, Hartsfield-Jackson there does tend to be uh, relatively uh, inexpensive, as that is the busiest airport in this country. The most efficient, also. Uh, my favorite thing about that airport is the train. The plane train is fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you, you, you'll have to take a little drive. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot to be said for both of those. Uh, so Gary Khan has a lot of, like, the entrenched, um, industry folks. So people who've been creating since the original TSR days, because uh, it is, of course, in Lake Geneva, Gary's hometown. Um, and so you're going to get a lot more, um, old school gaming there. Lots of people playing first edition, second edition, old school revival, um, and tons of other games that are spinoffs of that style of content. Um, versus at um, Gamehole Con, um, also Gary Con for being a relatively small venue is sprawling, and there's a lot of walking. Holy moly! Um, Gamehole Con is in a exhibition center. Um, so it's it's a little bit more centralized, has a bigger vendor hall, um, and has a better better spread of seminars and more current RPGs. Um, and just has I felt like, and this is this is my opinion. Anyone else out on the internet, feel free to correct me. I felt like it had a better spread of indie RPG vendors, um, and has every year. Yeah, so, um, uh, you know, that cuts out, that cuts out maybe, uh, maybe 20% of the populace. Uh, well, with glasses, so we can get it, yeah, we can get it down to 20, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, versus me, I'm the... I'm the short, loud, brightly colored one. <laughs> You're like, yep. No box. How many how's the weather up there jokes do you get per year? Yes, that is true. Uh, it has it has sucked a lot this year in Michigan as well. <laughs> I 
have a map. Those are not near together. <laughs> not not to most of Michigan. <laughs> That that is for me to get to Madison from here, which I drive there, right? It, it's like an eight-hour drive. <laughs> there's like a there's like a giant body of water in the middle that I can't just drive across. All right. Okay. In your defense, in your defense, um, Wisconsin is very close to the Upper Peninsula, um, which no one lives there. <laughs> As a matter of fact, for history nerds, uh, the Upper Peninsula belonged to Wisconsin until Michigan got in a war with Ohio. We let them keep Dayton, and we got the Upper Peninsula. I don't ask why Wisconsin got screwed there. They did though. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Ooh, for me. Um, well, um kind of a cop out, but we want to go with D&D as the first, uh specifically 5th edition actually. Um, because that's where I've got most of my, how I got most of my friends. Um, and it fundamentally changed my entire life, which is several episodes that I have recorded elsewhere. Um, then I would say, uh, well, I'd be amiss if I didn't say Dark Souls, uh, cause that has also fundamentally changed my life and is also one of the top selling RPGs right now. Holy moly. Um, and then, uh, yeah. Yeah. We are delighted. Um, and then lastly, that's going to be a hard one. I'd say probably powered, like, and it's a wide, wide range there, but like a lot of powered by the apocalypse games because it really has kind of started a revolution to where we started to see a lot more uh, accessible. Um, at least, you know, reading them wise, not uh, queer games. Yeah, a lot more narratively queer games. And like that is something that the game scene desperately needed. All right, I feel pretty good with these answers. Yeah. Hmm. No, you didn't warn me about anything. No, I'm on this. I'm, I'm, I've been put on the spot, everybody. Um, I know. No, that's fine. Um, I don't know if it's a specific question, really, but, like, I don't feel like I get to talk enough about, like, literary influences. Um, Anne McCaffrey uh, and the entire Pern series. 
Yes, yes. Um, and her son Todd has also been great, wonderful human. Uh, not, not, as, not as talented of a writer as his mother, but you know. Um, uh, he's wonderful still. And then um, after that immediate jump, uh, it'd be hard to go my second. Um, really love all of the worlds that Brandon Sanderson has done. And it's very inspiring, like how prolific the man is. He secretly wrote four books during COVID. Secretly. Yeah, I have hacked the Kickstarter too. <laughs> um, and then um, Dragonlance. Dragonlance. I had a fascination with dragons growing up. So Dragonlance was my first uh, exposure to D&D, as it was for many people. More dragons, more lances. How many, how many lances does every dragon need? Who could say, really? All right, and the third question. Yeah. Ooh, questions for you. Ooh, those are good ones. Those are, these are good questions. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I got kind of right back to you then. Like, where, where do you draw most of your, uh, I guess, influences from? Would it be your, like your literary stuff, music, other games? Like, what's your, what's your go-to goat? visual media you're just i'm just, just a big bucket a big bucket it doesn't have to narrow it all the way down oh yeah i've i've read like eight books in the last week Oh, yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Treasure Island. They weren't reading you like uh, Animal Farm, Fahrenheit 451. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Anything my local rural library would let me check out as a teenager. Anything. Yeah, uh, bless the librarians that I grew up with for letting me check out three times the normal limit of books. <laughs> oh. 
<gasps> no. <laughs> yeah. My my first detention was for reading a book in class, although um, I was rightfully mad about it, and so was my mother, because I was told by the teacher, do your work, and when you're done with your work, do your other homework. But I had finished my other homework, so I pulled out my book and was quietly reading. So she looks at me, and she says, finish your other homework. And I nodded, because I'd already finished it, and I go back to my book. And then she gives me detention. Oh, well, she thought I was willfully disregarding her instructions. I didn't want to, I was a non, I was a very shy child growing up, which is, no one believed me on that, but I didn't want to cause a confrontation by yelling at her that I had finished all of my homework. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, it's done. Back to the, I'm not bothering anybody. What more could you ask? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, the, the resurgence of books with book talk has brought me so much joy. Uh, well, it's very easy to find me online. Uh, you can type my name into Google, and the first several pages are just me. But anyways, I'm at Jenny Loveday, G-I-N-N-Y, L-O-V-E-D-A-Y, on any social media I am on. Um, it's also my website. Uh, JennyLoveday.com, which I have recently updated, and it no longer says that I'm doing things that I'm not doing. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but aside from that, um, I do hit most of the major conventions. Um, so, uh, on the eastern side of the country, anyways. Uh, so, uh, Winter Fantasy, Gary Con, um, Momo Con. Um, I don't do Origins anymore because because uh gen con uh dragon con game hole con and pax unplugged no of course thank you so much for having me on this has been a delight and i look forward to seeing who else you chat with it's been fun oh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you do editing and you do you do audio editing and stuff on them, and I operate under the uh, "effort we're doing it live" philosophy because I don't like audio editing. Oh, okay. I feel better now. <laughs>